Welcome to episode number 54 of Take Him With You for February 7th, 2010. I'm Rick Moyer. This week on the podcast, what I think of the new show Caprica, the iPad from Apple, and more. Yep, not only are we going to talk about some cool geeky TV and gadgets this week, but also our brand new Moyer family search for a church. We're looking for a new church. Uh, How you can help spread the word of hope from the Take Him With You podcast to all of your friends. And today's subject, that's what he said. What did Jesus actually say? Hi, this is Rick Moyer, and I've got a brand new CD out to watch the stars with. It's called Stargazer. Take a listen to some of the songs. Three, two, one, zero. Launch commence. Liftoff. We have liftoff with Apollo 14. Three minutes past the hour. this 13-track CD or download it at takehimwithyou.com slash stargazer. Stargazer, a collection of songs to watch the stars with. Get your copy today. Head on over to uh, takehimwithyou.com slash stargazer and you can pick up the CD today. You can download it actually at amazon.com or iTunes, CD Baby, all sorts of places. Be fun. Okay, it's time to find out what's happening at Rick's house on Take Him With You. crazy week at the Moyers' home, and uh, we now are the proud owner, or actually Catherine is the proud owner of the We Fit program. Well, it's actually not We Fit. Okay, what is it called? It's We Sports Active, and it is a killer. <laughs> I could barely move yesterday. <laughs> Lunging woman. Lunging. Well, my problem is that I rarely play the Wii, except for to bowl or something once in a while. Uh-huh. So... I really don't know what I'm doing with it. Okay. So when it said to do eight lunges, I couldn't figure out how to position the Wii remote correctly so that it would show up when I did one. So it knows when you lunge? Yeah. Well, only if you hold the Wii remote correctly. Okay. And so I did like 30 of them before it registered that I did eight. So I was very sore the next day. You wouldn't think that a video game could make you sore. Um, you haven't played this video game. Well, it's really not a video game. It's uh, it's an exercise. It's, it's like watching an exercise DVD, but you have they, to participate. Yeah, they have a personal trainer that tells you how to do it. And if you don't hold the re- the Wii remote correctly, it'll say, "Watch your form," and you know. And yeah. well, there's one one of the parts of the the Wii stuff, the nunchuck thing, okay. is strapped to your leg. Okay. And the other one's in your hand. And All so right. it can tell if you're not 
bending low enough. I don't know. It's a little too big enough. brother virtual reality kind of going on here. Yes, being bossed with the around. Weed. Being bossed around by the TV. But I guess the final end is that you're being active, which is a good thing. Yes. Yes, I lost over five pounds last month. Yay. Wow, that's pretty and cool. And I think Catherine has too. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, um, let's talk about, I mean, that's kind of geeky. Geeky exercise was geeky our first thing exercise, we talked about. exercise, yes. Second thing, by the way, this is my wife, Amy. Hi. And I'm Rick. And, and this the, is Take Him With You. Yes, it is. The podcast that's spiritual, not religious. And that's yeah. a good thing because I can't handle religious crud anymore. Oh, okay. But I like being spiritual because that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so mm-hmm. speaking of spiritual things... Uh-huh. Um, and geeky things. Mm-hmm. I got, I finally got to watch the um, premiere of Caprica and mm-hmm. the first episode. It, it was different. Yeah. You know, I watched the, the first episode, the, the, like the pilot of it, when it was, um, I, I think I watched it on sci-fi.com and um, it was a little bit edited. It was more edited on the TV than it was on the And on the I thing. still, I don't think I watched all of it, all the premiere. Um, I think I tried to watch it, and I watched, started watching it too late at night, and I well, fell asleep. <laughs> what people need to know is Caprica is actually the prequel to Battlestar, the, the rebooted Battlestar Galactica. Now, when yeah. we were kids, we got to see Battlestar Galactica in the 70s. Yes, and that was with, And it was, it was cheesy, cool science fiction. And they had 70s haircuts. Yeah, and, and um, clothes yeah. and bell bottoms and mm-hmm. but it was so cool the, the cylons were these silver uh, robots and the girls had charlie's angels hair mm-hmm, yeah and yeah. the guys had like long cassiopeia um, long feathered hair yeah starbuck yes. boomer jolly yes. yeah yes, yes. little boxy and they kind of wore disco Muffet. clothes too they did wear disco clothes and yeah. they had disco music remember that in the one it's love, 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 love. Kind of like Buck Rogers. Yeah. They, they were kind of in that same time. Yeah. The old, the old Buck Rogers. Well, anyway. that Okay, so yeah. Caprica is actually the prequel to the story that we know as Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. And it, it follows the Adamas okay. on, on Caprica. And along with another the Greystones. Okay, now who are the Adamas on the second episode? I kinda got lost. The Adamas are the relatives of 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 the big the big guy. The old man. The old in, man in Battlestar Galactica. Well Adama. no, but who were the Adamas on the Caprica thing? They're the relatives. Which, what, are you, what are you trying to say? Who were the people that were the Adamas in the Caprica thing? What do you mean, who were they? Like the actual um, names of the actors? No, I'm I'm just confused with that one. They are the ancestors of... Yeah, but which people in the Commander show? Commander Adama. What? Which people in the show? Were they like police or were they... There's like two families. Right. There's the lost. rich software guy, the, a, the, the and, computer and guy. And there's another guy that's that the lost. Gray, that's the Greystones. And then there's the other guy that lost his wife and daughter. And, and that is the Adamas. Okay. Got I, it? That's, that was my question. Okay. All right. I Sorry. I didn't understand what you're trying to say. Hope we okay. didn't lose everybody Any, there. No. Okay. Well, probably if they're not if they are not familiar with Battlestar Galactica or Caprica, they may not understand anything. But let me yeah. try to explain. Um, anyway. 
watch the premiere uh, or the the uh, the pilot episode and then the first episode. And uh, I have to say, it's intriguing. Now, there are some things that I don't like in it. Uh, let me say those first. I don't like uh, this virtual reality that they created in the pilot. Was uh, I thought they went a little extreme, and then of course I'm not a big fan of them going so far as you know the the nudity and the and the debauchery was, and all was this there stuff. Some that, violence. Like, yeah, they were like cutting people's heads off, and it was just like a gla- modern gladiator kind of. Well, thing. kind of, but it was like it is basically the this uh, this cyberspace realm where you could go that anything goes. There was no. There were no, no morals no and there were no more rules and, and they could do all this different stuff and it was just whatever they wanted. So there's lots of drugs and sex and, and killing and violence and it's, that's where this virtual reality thing was, was happening. But anyway, that was the part of the show that I thought they kind of took extreme, but you know, whatever. I, I understand what they were trying to get across. But the storyline is absolutely fascinating. What, they, what they've done is they've taken, um, they've, they're showing the roots of how the Cylons were made. And basically, it it has to do um, it has to do with people that are trying to take the consciousness of their loved ones and put them into robotic type of atmosphere because mm-hmm. they they have a contract with the military to make these soldiers that Cylons, Cylons kind of, yeah. to protect robots. them and do all the robots to do all this stuff. But inadvertently, um, this this girl that's involved with some different stuff, I won't go into great detail, um, she gets, basically gets downloaded into the very first Cylon. Mm-hmm. And it's the only one that works. All the other ones won't work for some reason. They don't work correctly. Because they, because ha- they don't have a consciousness. Yeah, the, the one that her consciousness gets downloaded into, yeah. um, it functions properly. But... So, but but here's the other thing I don't like about it. Yeah. They are jumping into a spiritual realm where they've tipped it across to so here like in the United States we would say that uh, we're basically monotheistic if that makes sense. In other words, we believe in one god. Yeah, the majority. And that's yeah. basically the accepted mm-hmm. version of of religion in in our country even though it's changing a lot with other religions mm-hmm. coming in and stuff. But basically, you know, anyway, in Caprica their basic belief is in polytheism where you mm-hmm. believe in many gods and the guy the folks that believe in one god are actually the bad guys the bad guys and considered terrorists yeah so that's a really interesting flip around now i understand mm-hmm. again why they're doing that because it's it's kind of an interesting concept and as it gets into it it'll be very interesting to see how they play it out but personally mm-hmm. as a monotheistic believer yeah <laughs> It kind of makes me uncomfortable. Well, sure, but I think that's what the point of it is. <laughs> I, I think I the point of it is to is to maybe they're vilifying um, some form of Christianity or some form of, of religion here. But they do that, and we do that, and I mean, we vilify other religions yeah, as well at times. Sometimes. So, so I think I think I understand why they're doing it. It just it 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 does make those of us that do believe in one God uncomfortable. But yeah. I think that's the whole point. I guess. That's the whole yeah. point of the show. I mean, they're trying to do that. Yeah. They're pushing the envelope. I, I still don't know if I'm sold on the show. I kind of grew up with the more cheesy version of um, Battlestar Galactica. And, um, but then they also were polytheists. Yeah, but it wasn't as... Yeah, by the gods. And yeah. it was more of a... Of a, of it a didn't seem as... Um, but the Cylons at that time were just a mechanical race and they yeah, really didn't have a religion. And, and I didn't seem the like they had anything about um, monotheists being the bad guys, though, in the original. Um, no, they didn't. Well, they didn't back then in the, in the 70s, that. they weren't going to push that. I mean, they pushed it maybe in the culture, but not on the TV shows and stuff. I don't think that yeah. that was a big... 
Well, anyway, yeah, all that to say, different. I'm going to give Caprica a chance to see how it works out. Because, mm-hmm. I, you know, Ronald Moore, I've listened to his. He's the guy that directs it and creates it. Mm-hmm. I've listened to his podcast, and I, I'm not a real fan of him. I mean, I'm a fan of his work, but he himself is kind of, I don't really like him. Does <laughs> he, he have a potty mouth? Well, a little bit, and he's just <laughs> kind, of, he's kind of crude. And, I mean, whatever. You know, I'm, I mean, I probably wouldn't be good friends with him or anything like that. But I like some of the entertainment he does because he did some stuff. Star Trek Next Generation mm-hmm. and some stuff like that. Well, so they have some creative storylines sure, and some sure. good specials. I don't have to love the guy to enjoy the stuff that he okay, produces. So, yeah. Anyway, long story short, I'm going to watch Caprica for a while more and see how it goes because I'm just fascinated about this whole idea of how the silence came into being yeah, and what happens in the families and what's going to happen 50 years before we actually catch and, up to that. And now that we have a Cylon heater in our house that has an electric eye that goes back and forth back I like and it. forth yeah it's a um, it's pretty pretty neat yeah we do we have a, a I, duckless heat hopefully pump hopefully it won't turn into this metallic thing it that, won't that shoots out of its arm it won't yeah it won't shoot us it's okay. our heating system all right okay, okay. Uh, the next geeky thing i want to talk about i call it the eye drool i drool i drool it's actually the iPad that Apple just came out with, and in a couple of months they're going to ship them. You can buy um, them, yeah. and uh, basically, um, Steve Jobs from Apple uh, presented their brand new product, and I watched the the unveiling and the presentation of it, and I was fascinated by it. It basically looks like a it, it's their version of the PC tablet. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have um, it's not like a laptop. But it's more like an extra large iPod Touch yeah. or an iPhone. It, it looked a lot like an iPod Touch to On me, steroids. but just bigger. Yeah. But it's still thin. Mm-hmm. My question is, is you mm-hmm. know how you use your, your iPod Touch in, in the palm of your hand? And yes. you just use one hand to do this. Correct. This one has a complete keyboard, but if you, you would have it, yeah. to set it down. Correct. They also have, I looked at the accessories, and, and the case comes with a... a Little, you have to buy the case, okay. but you actually insert it and it sits up like a, it sits up in front of you. Oh, like a laptop screen. And, and, then you and can, it actually has a keyboard you can buy for it too. Would, an actual physical keyboard. With your little keyboard that you plug no, in. No, it doesn't have a USB interface. That's oh. Okay, the, the good things I like about it. Okay. The, and I want one. I know, I know. You they know. start at five $499 and they go up from there. You can mm-hmm. get, it's got wireless on it, but you could, for a little more you can buy the 3G network. And and when you're in wireless signal, it'll do that. But then when you're not, it'll mm-hmm. hook up. But then you have to pay thirty dollars a month, or it's twenty five dollars a month, something like that. You can have you, to have can a. Can you a, use a, a wireless mouse with it? Uh, no. 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 And that, okay. Mm. So the things I like about it: the screen is nine inches something. Let me see. I've got the stats right here. I'm sure you do. Yes, I do. <laughs> oh, nine point seven inch LED backlit. IPS display on the iPad. Um, so that's kind of cool. It's got a volume knob on a, and a reset thing on it. Um, basically, it's like an iPod Touch. But on steroids. Yes. Yeah, and you can something. hook it up and, and it, you can play videos. It's got, it'll have iTunes on it. Um, the only, the, that's what I love about it. It's, it's colorful. It's big. I would love to have one just as an interface. You can sit on the couch and surf the web or you could... Um, you know, do email, different things like that, and and do it in a bigger screen environment. Because at this point, I love my iPod Touch. I play it all the time, but I, I play Yahtzee on it. I do emails. I 
uh, have all my iTunes music on it and everything. But it would be awesome to be. I wish there was some way to have a bigger screen, and this looks like it's going to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, it's not quite a netbook. It doesn't have as much power as a netbook, but it definitely is a as an intermediate between a Palm device and a laptop. It's kind of in between. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting. What I do not like about it, it does not have USB. Mm-hmm. You still have to hook up to the iPod cable thing to charge it and all that. And um, uh, it doesn't, on the, on the uh, web browser, doesn't support Flash. So you can't do anything on the web. Like, you know, when you watch Flash videos, a lot of websites have Flash video. Mm-hmm. A lot of places have games that you can play in Flash and all this stuff. You can't use that on the iPod. Uh, or on the iPad. Does it just take up a lot more memory? No, or? no. There's some controversy between Apple and the people that do Flash. They, mm. uh, Steve doesn't like it, and he's got a vendetta against him, and so he did, they didn't put it in it. I think it's going to hurt Apple in the end because they're not supporting Flash because it's so widespread and easily used. But, you know, we'll see. Um, you know, yeah. uh, but still, there's something inside me that says, I don't care. I want one. Yeah, 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 yeah. What? Well... I'm I'm having my own um, little non-geeky um, envy problem. Okay, what about about what? Oh, you can't remember? No. What am I signing up a sweepstakes for? Oh my every gosh! Okay, day? get this. Okay, this is so funny. You ready for this? My wife thinks, out of the thousands, millions well, of people that are signing up for I this, she's going to win a dream home in New Mexico. I just I okay, just think so it's much really so that she has neat. me signing up for it too. <laughs> Sign up if they were if okay. They tell had everybody what it is. Stick. What it is? Well, I how do we go from the iPad to a dream home? Well, because I could tell you were having iPod drool or, or I drool, I drool, and trying and not to covet or envy. The Bible says not to covet, um, but this isn't really and covet, my... by the way, means lust after things you that you don't really need, yeah. And I really don't need this house in New Mexico, but. It would I don't be really nice. need the iPad either, <laughs> but I want one. Well, you know, we have we have a, a little fifteen hundred square foot house that's pretty crowded, you know, especially since we both work out of here. And this is a thirty nine hundred square foot house that overlooks. Is three. it HGTV? This one it's is? HGTV. Home but, and Garden Television. But I shouldn't tell people about it because maybe then they'll sign up for the sweepstakes too. Oh, and have spread less the love! Chance. And if they win, they can invite <laughs> us over. Yeah, that's right. If you guys win have us over they ha- they actually have a little guest house that has its own private bedroom and bathroom Cacienda, i think is what they call it it's just a little guest room that's separate from the house so you can invite us over if you win anyway i guess once a year they build a dream home yeah and then they throw five hundred thousand dollars cash and a car into the deal yeah. and you can sign up and win it yeah and the cash in the car would probably go to paying the taxes on, on the, the house. house it's like a two million dollar house in the middle <laughs> yeah. of a beautiful country but oh it's it is just gorgeous. so my wife is signing up for it every day now she's got me i i have email reminders every day to go sign up for it see if we win but uh it's anyway a, i keep telling her don't get your hopes though. up man there's millions of people are entering to, to win know. this house it just looks like it's such probably a worse peaceful o- place worse odds crazy. than the lottery yeah, but I don't have to spend any money to sign up for That's this. That's true. You like just have to email. I just have to email every day. Yeah, well. And I have been. <laughs> 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 yeah, so you now you know how to pray for us. Yeah. <laughs> Rick okay. has his gadget geekiness. And, I, and, and you I want like, a house. I like, um, yeah. Speaking I like of that, girl we, stuff. We, speaking of an, a house, we have actually been 
contemplating now that we do stuff on the internet and we really aren't defined or confined to a geographical area, we've been thinking about moving. Yes, maybe. we have. Maybe. If we could find the right place. Yeah. Right now, we're just kind of headed up towards uh, the, the Olympia-Tacoma area. We live in Washington State. and uh, So we've actually been searching for a church. Mm-hmm. Our search for a church. Yeah, and we're not totally against moving out of state. The only thing that's kind of holding us back there is um, we have a lot of family here. So. Yeah, I don't want to. I want to so, be able to still see my family. So that would be kind of hard if like, if we did um, win the house in New Mexico, which is like a one in... 10 million chance or something yeah. um you know if we did something like that it, it would be hard we'd have to come and stay like a week or two every few months or something to well the cool family. part again is if you've got internet we can do it we can work anywhere so, yeah, so that's kind of cool yeah. um the other thing uh we tried out a baptist church a couple mm-hmm. weeks in a row now um, I grew up Baptist. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it was nice, but we're going to look around some more. I'm preaching coming up on the 14th at uh, Quinault Valley Chapel, mm-hmm. so that's going to be really fun. And that's just like a little community church up there. Mm-hmm. I but love... they have, that's the only church in the community, and it's yeah. really fun. They, they're wonderful people. And then yes. the, that afternoon, I'm actually um, sharing at the um, uh, Valentine's Banquet that they're doing. Yeah. And it'll, it'll be that's the day that we release our podcast, the Valentine's Day special. And I think I heard a little um, rumor that I might be helping. You might be helping me with the banquet part of it. Yeah, talk that day. Yeah, so we'll see. But I, I'm yeah. actually working on a parody song for that. Instead of 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover, it's called 50 Ways to Keep Your Lover. Yeah. And it's all about the hilarious differences between men and women. Yeah, maybe we can maybe we can put that out on the podcast, too. I that think we will. Fun. I was planning on surprising yeah. everyone with that. Oh, that was supposed to be a surprise. Surprise! Sorry! That's all right. Okay. Okay, so anyway, we're uh, we're trying out different churches. We'll let you know what we find there and what we like and what we don't like well, about them. And one point here. Mm-hmm. Is, is that when we say we're trying out different churches, we're trying out different fellowships because I fellowship was that mean? Well, okay, how do we say this? Fellows in a ship. The the Bible's pretty clear that there's only really one church as far as well. Like, church, church is really people. Means, We've talked about that before. In yeah, the, podcast. the church just means um, we're looking for a place that we can ha- kind of have a, a family that believes kind of the same way we do and where we can kind of have a base of operation to yeah. do what we do so but but church just means a, it, all the believers in the world is right. the church so i mean if you believe in god and and we believe in god we're part of the church yeah but in the united states of america and several other places in yeah. the world they have different churches church. are considered a four-walled building yeah with a yeah. pastor or a leader or a bishop or something and like that. And that's not technically what the church is. But you have right. different buildings and different people that have different roles to join that right. that group of people. Right. I, you know. And our last experience at our ch- at the church we were at, we we, uh, we kind of had a rough experience a couple of churches ago. And we kind of been just kind of playing it safe and going and just because we want to go and, you know, be around people that... Uh, we can be friends with and have kind of a community of people. Yeah. Um, so we're looking for that up towards the... Uh, community up, is good. Yeah, community is good. Okay, so last but not least, the one last thing I want to do before we get into the rest of the show was talk about um, the opportunity to uh, spread the word of taking with you. Now, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, that means this. Uh, we have had a, an increase in downloads. We uh, In the last couple of months, we've started to really 
get some more listeners. And apparently more people are downloading the program than ever before. Our big podcast 50 was three times the amount we usually get. We had a lot of people that downloaded that and, and it's picked up from there. Um, so we are really excited about that, but we are, our goal this year is to reach far more people than we ever have reached Mm -hmm. with the podcast. But the only way we really can do that, we don't have a budget for advertising because we don't make a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so I can't go out and pay for ads at Google or wherever. But I can say this. Word of mouth and Internet is the best way to mm-hmm. spread the word of taking with you. And we we would hope that you, as a listener, could think of a couple of friends that you might be able to email mm-hmm. and let them know about the podcast. Um, I'll have some banners that I'm going to make up. And if you want a couple of banners for your website or for your blog or whatever, we would love if you blog about taking with you, if you put up a banner and link to our site or to the iTunes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really great way to s- expand our podcast and to help people out in the, in the same vein. So we really recommend that and, and would ask for your help with that. Um, there's a podcast that I listen to almost every day that recommends that you go vote for podcasts on like podcast yeah we're on podcast alley you can vote for us so you can vote for us and you can also um do reviews on on itunes iTunes we we love reviews on the um yep is there another one podbean or we're not on podbean Podbean. okay but there's different places that we are on that you can do reviews. just spread the word let people know if you're on in an online community on Facebook, mm-hmm. link to takehimwithyou.com. You can put a link on Twitter. Yeah, too. Twitter. You can tweet about us. You can Facebook about us. We would love that. We're even thinking about starting a fan page for Taking With You. My daughter wants to do that. She really wants to do that. So. We'll see. If you think we should, give us give us a, a holler. You can always find us on Facebook, by the way, by going to facebook.com slash rick.moyer. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. And my wife is on there, too. I am. You're on Facebook. Oh, yes, I am. I thought. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Moyer777. Love to have you follow me on Twitter. I usually check my Facebook every day. Yeah. I haven't checked my Twitter for months. Sorry. Well, don't worry then. You're not getting anything then, so you're fine. Yeah. Okay. I'm the most Twitters for Aberdeen, Washington. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody took a a Facebook poll the other day and it asked, do you think Rick Moyer spends more than two hours on Facebook a day? And they went, (laughs) yes, exclamation point. Yeah, I, I, I spend maybe <laughs> half an hour on Facebook. And you got me started on Facebook, so that's kind of funny. I did, I did. Okay, well, there you go. That's what's going on at the Moyers house. Hope you enjoyed that. We <laughs> always have fun talking about geeky things and fun things, but spread the word about taking with you, please. And then email us and let us know, Rick at taking with you. Love to hear if, if you've uh, advertised it or clicked on it and shared the podcast. We would love to hear from you. And if you have any ideas on how we could reach out more and reach many, many more people, then please, by all means, email us and let us know. That'd be Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Aim. You're welcome. Hey, just wanted to let you know that Amy and I do the podcast free of charge, but we sure could use your help to pay the bills at the Moyer household and keep this coming to you each week. If you have a chance, send a donation our way by going to TakeHimWithYou.com. Well, it's time once again for Food for Thought on Take Him With You.
years ago when I thought about reading the Bible for the very first time, um, it was kind of intimidating because I had read some parts of the Bible growing up, not because of church or anything, because I was looking for UFOs and aliens and stuff and and predictions of nuclear war and things like that. Because, you know, you can find those type of things in the Bible. You can. There's different passages of Scripture where it mentions um, people in radiation suits and and um, it describes Black Hawk helicopters and missiles and all sorts of interesting, fantastically um, interesting things in the Bible. Kind of cool. There's one part where people think that there's a UFO and that the chariot that comes from heaven is actually a spaceship and you know all those type of things. That's was my extent of reading the Bible. Not much, you know. I just kind of had it. We had one at the house, and that was about it. But I'll never forget when I kind of had a spiritual epiphany and my life kind of changed. I remember going to a guy that um, would tell me all about the Bible. He was a, a good guy named Sean, and he would talk to me a lot about what the Bible meant to him and what it said and what Jesus said and all these different things. But I personally had not really read it too much. And then uh had a girlfriend that gave me a Bible one time, and I never, I never read it. Um, but it was in a box, a little box, and, you know, it was kind of nice. It was a New American Standard Bible, I guess. There's different versions of the Bible, different translations, and she had given me a New American Standard Bible, and I, like I said, I hadn't read it. And then when I had this spiritual epiphany, I, 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 I started to read for myself. And I was working at Warehouser at the time, and Warehouser is a big company here on the West Coast. I don't know if they're around any other places uh, around the world, but anyway, here in the Pacific Northwest, Warehouser was a, a, a wood company that made pulp and paper products and did forestry and stuff like that. And I worked in the chip plant where they would grind up the trees and make chips, out, wood chips out of them. And then the wood chips would go into a big chemical process and they would create pulp. And from the pulp, they would create paper. Okay. So I had the job um, of working in the cleanup crew, and once in a while we would get shifted around onto different um, stations, and I got put on the hog. And the hog was a giant um, conveyor belt that would take the bark and the branches and stuff off of the trees that were being chipped, and it would put it on a conveyor and drop it into these big hammers. It was actually called the hammer hog, but we called it the hog for short. And it would drop all these this debris and stuff into these hammers that would chop it all up and create hog fuel, which was used to power burners and different things. And, and it would just basically grind it into sawdust. And I had to sit on this in this uh, old car seat, not like a kid's car seat, but an actual seat from a car, next to the conveyor belt. And if there was metal in the conveyor, it would sense it for the metal detectors and it would stop the conveyor belt and then we would have to go out, dig through the conveyor belt and get that out of there and then hit the button again and it would continue on and drop the debris into the hammer. Because if you uh, if you dropped metal or something into the hammer, uh, hammer hog, it would uh, break the thing and of course then the whole mill would shut down and it was just a hassle. So that was basically our job to sit there and make sure that there was nothing that fell into the hog that wasn't supposed to. Well, needless to say, it was pretty boring. I mean, eight hours of sitting there with this big rumbly, you know, set of knives chopping things up was pretty boring. And so I'll never forget the day that I was talking to my friend Sean, and 
and he was telling me what the Bible had said about something, and I said, uh, wow, that's interesting. Where did you find that at? And he opened up his Bible and showed me, and I decided to take that old New American Standard Bible, actually new one, out of the box and take it with me in my backpack to work because I was going to have a lot of time to read. So instead of reading a magazine or just listening to music, I decided to listen to music and to read my Bible for the first time. And I, I'll never, ever forget that week at, uh, at work. It was really quite shocking and amazing because you know what it's like when you trust other people to tell you what you really need to read for yourself. It's like going to school and having somebody else read the textbook and just give you cliff notes. You don't get the same ambience. You don't get the same depth as if you do when you read it yourself. I tell my son this, all my, my kids this all the time. Read the chapter before you take the test because there's so much more that will speak to you if you will read it, and especially in the Bible. And let's just face it. Let's just be honest here. A lot of people think they know what Jesus said, or they think they know what's in the Bible, but very, very few people have actually ever read it for themselves. And I understand why, because some people are, are intimidated by it. Some people have had mean people tell them what it says, and, and they've had it used as a weapon against them. And I understand why you wouldn't want to read something like that. But, but let me just say this. We need to really open up our hearts and our minds here and read for ourselves. It makes a huge difference. And nowadays, not only can you read it for yourself, because there's, you can get the Bible online free, you can also get audio of the Bible and listen to it on CD or MP3. Well, you know, with that technology, there's no excuse for a person that doesn't actually take a listen to the Bible or, you know, find out what it says for yourself. And I labeled this podcast what he said, because... Very few people know what Jesus really said. And I thought I would read some things that he said today and let you make up your mind. What does it say to you when you hear the words of Jesus and what he has to say? Because I think he, I'll tell you what Jesus isn't. He isn't religious, and he isn't mean and nasty, and he isn't judgmental. He is kind, he is forgiving, he's loving, and he's profound, and when you hear what he has to say, it changes your life. I don't know how to describe it. That's why he's, Jesus has made such a big impact in the lives of so many people throughout the years. Because when you read it for yourself, when you hear it for yourself, it changes everything. Most of the world gets their information about Christ from hypocritical religious people that aren't very nice. And I think that it's time to remedy that. So, let's read what Jesus actually said, and then we can make up our own minds on what it means. If you want, you can read along if you're listening on your computer or something, but I get my uh, Bible stuff off of BibleGateway.com, and you just enter in there what you want to read, and it brings it up on the screen. But this is uh, Matthew chapter 5. In the, it's in the New Testament. It's the very first book in the New Testament, and uh, the guy that is writing here is Matthew. And he is telling you what he heard Jesus say. And so we're going to pick it up at uh, verse 1 of chapter 5 out of the Message Bible. When Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him, the committed, climbed with him. 
Arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and taught his climbing companions. This is what he said. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. Interesting. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more and no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink and the best meal you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you find yourselves cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your heart and uh, your mind and heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who really you are and your place in God's family. Wow. I'm adding that part, the wow. <laughs> you're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Not only that, count, count yourselves blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and they're uncomfortable. You p can be glad when that happens. Give a cheer even. For though they don't like it, I do. And all heaven applauds. And know that you're in good company. Many prophets and witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be a salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, and public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've been there on the hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Don't suppose for a minute that I've come to demolish the scriptures, either God's law or the prophets. I'm not here to demolish, but to complete. I'm going to put it all together, pull it all together in a vast panorama. God's law is more real and lasting than the stars in the sky and the ground at your feet. Long after stars burn out and the earth wears out, God's law will be alive and working. Trivialize even the smallest item in God's law, and you will only have trivialized, trivialized yourself. But take it seriously. Show the way for others, and you will find honor in the kingdom. Unless you do far better than the Pharisees in this matter of right living, you won't know the first thing about entering the kingdom. You're familiar with the commands to the ancients, do not murder, 
I'm telling you that anyone who is so much as angry with a brother or sister is guilty of murder. Carelessly calling your brother an idiot, and you just might find yourself hauled into court. Thoughtlessly yelling stupid at a sister, and you are at the brink of hellfire. The simple moral fact is that words kill. This is how I want you to conduct yourself in these matters. If you enter your place of worship and about to make an offering, and you suddenly remember a grudge a friend has against you, abandon your offering, leave immediately, go to this friend and make things right. Then and only then come back and work things out with God. Or say you're out on the street and an old enemy accosts you. Don't lose a minute. Make the first move. Make things right with him. After all, if you leave the first move to him, knowing his track record, you'll likely end up in court, maybe even jail. If that happens, you won't get out without a stiff fine. You know the next commandment pretty well, too. Don't go to bed with another spouse. Don't think you preserved your virtue simply by staying out of bed. Your heart can be corrupted by lust even quicker than your body. Those leering looks you think nobody notices, they are also corrupt. Let's not to pretend this is easier than it really is. If you want to live a morally pure life, here's what you have to do. You have to put blind your right eye the moment you catch it in a lustful leer. You have to choose to live one-eyed or else be dumped on a moral trash pile. And you have to chop off your right hand the moment you notice it raising threateningly. Better a bloody stump than your entire uh, being discarded for the good in the dump. Remember the scripture that says, Whoever divorces his wife, let him do it legally, giving her divorce papers and her legal rights? Too many of you are using that as a cover for selfishness and a whim pretending to be righteous just because you are legal. Please, no more pretending. If you divorce your wife, you're responsible, you're responsible for making her an adulteress, unless she has already made herself that by sexual promiscuity. And if you marry such a divorced adulteress, you're automatically an adulterer yourself. You can't use legal cover to mask a moral failure. And don't say anything you don't mean. This counsel is embedded deep in our traditions. You only make things worse when you lay down a smokescreen of pious talk saying, I'll pray for you and never doing it, or saying, God be with you and not meaning it. You don't make your words true by embellishing them with religious lace. In making your speech sound more religious, it becomes less true. Just say yes and no. When you manipulate words to get your own way, you go wrong. I'm just going to read just a few more passages here because I think it's important that we hear what Jesus said. Here's another old saying that deserves a second look. Eye for eye and a tooth for tooth. Is that going to get us anywhere? Here's what I propose. Don't hit back at all. If someone strikes you, stand there and take it. If someone drags you into court and sues for the shirt off your back, gift wrap your best coat and make a present of it. And if someone takes unfair, unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant life. No more tit-for-tat stuff. Live generously. You're familiar with the old written law, love your friend, and its unwritten companion, hate your enemy. I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer, for then you are working out your true selves, your God-created selves. 
This is what God does. He gives his best, the sun to warm and the rain to nourish to everyone, regardless, the good and the bad, the nice and the nasty. If all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? Anybody can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run-of-the-mill sinner does that. In a word, what I'm saying is, grow up. Your kingdom subjects, now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously towards others the way God lives towards you. Well, there you go. That is chapter 5 from the Message Bible. Now, isn't it interesting when you listen to what Jesus said when he was talking to folks, it's a little bit different than you might have thought, huh? There are times when it's very profound, other times when it's very challenging. And it's really interesting to hear what he has to say. So I want to go back for just a moment and talk about the very beginning when he, they call this, uh, I don't know why they call it the Beatitudes or whatever, but but really Jesus was really was talking about different types of people in the world and why they're blessed or not. And I thought it was really, really interesting that... Um, the first one he said is that you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there's more of God and his rule. And, you know, I remember that becoming very—I read that for the first time and went, oh, my gosh, that is so profound because it really is true. When we come to the end of ourselves, we sometimes we think that's a bad thing, but you know that we all kind of need to come to the end of ourselves when we realize that we don't— really have everything on track. And when we come to the end of our rope, you know, when you're climbing and you get to that end and you're like, I don't have anywhere else to go. And when you realize that the more you let God in your life, the less you try to get what you want, things start to to work out. And that's what he was saying. And I thought that was just fascinating. That uh, That's great advice from Jesus himself. And then how many of us have ever lost something very, very dear to us? You know, those are the times when faith in God really kicks in because, um, I mean, I've, I've lost some, I've lost careers, I've lost family, I've lost uh, lots of dreams and hopes and stuff like that. And, you know, um, it's nice to get a hug from somebody that's close to you, but even sometimes that doesn't happen. And really, when you think about it, there is somebody that is there for us all the time and that will embrace us even when we're at our darkest hour, even when we're at our worst place. And that someone is God. And I love how he says this. You're blessed when you feel you've lost it. what's most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. And it really is true because sometimes we get other things in the way of, of God and people, and and things, and careers, and everything else like that. We put them in front of God, and here he's the one that's really the, the, that gives us all of our strength to begin with, and we acknowledge him last, you know? So I think it's really interesting when we lose something like that, when we have a feeling of loss, that is when we really sense the, the presence of God if we'll turn to him. And I think that's really interesting. And of course it goes on, and he talks a lot about, about um, you know, you're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more or no less. At that moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. It really is true. Um, you know, it's not things that really put us in the place that we need to be. It's it's where our heart is, and are we right with God? And I think that's really an important thing. Um, we need to be okay with who we are. Now, that means, you know, we all make mistakes, and we all have flaws, and sometimes we have to be okay with that, and, you know, God can work on that. I, I have a philosophy that I've done here on the show, and 
and in my life. And I get a little flack for it because not all people that go to church think this is a great philosophy, but I do because I can see how it's, it's, it's what Jesus has said here. And that is, it isn't my job to clean up anyone's life. It isn't my job to judge people. It's not my job to to uh, tell someone they need to fix this in their life or fix that in their life. My job as Rick Moyer, as the guy who who has received Christ into his heart, my job is to introduce anyone that I come in contact with to introduce you to my best friend Jesus. And you know what? After that occurs, the really the only thing I can do from then on is just love people and be a friend and let them get close to God. And when they get close to Jesus, you know what happens? He is the one. He's responsible for taking care of of every single person. I'm not supposed to tell you this is bad. This is I can read scripture and I can talk about what it has to say. I can read the Bible and talk about what it says what is right and wrong. But really a personal relationship with Christ is really that. It's where you have to you're responsible for doing what's right and wrong with God. And that takes the pressure off of People saying, well, you all fit in this kind of mold, and you have to do this, and you have to do that. I mean, we could get all—I mean, there's people that get all upset, and they pick it, and they protest, and they do all this different stuff. And I just—I'm simply—I trust that if, if, if I introduce you to Christ, and you begin to pursue a relationship with God, God is more than able— to clean anything up in your life just as he's done in my life. And do I still make some mistakes? All the time. Am I always, do I always have a great attitude? No, I don't. You know, I mean, let's just get right down to it. Without God, it's hard. It's, it's really hard. And even with God, sometimes it's hard to maintain a life that is, is pleasing. It's difficult. We live in a crazy world now. But I can tell you this, having Jesus in my life has really strengthened me and helped me because I realize how weak I really am without him. And you may be listening and you don't have a personal relationship with Christ. And I would recommend to you highly to ask him in your heart, you know, what does it hurt to to say, Jesus, come into my heart and help me. I, I need, I want to find out what you're like. Well, that can't hurt anything. If anything, it can help. I guess the thing I really want to do is encourage folks to, encourage you to get online and go to BibleGateway.com, click on, you know, type in Matthew or Mark or Luke or John, and then pick like the Message Bible or or the New King James Bible or something. We just There's a little spot you can do that. And read for yourself. Read for yourself the words of Jesus, because I think you'll be really surprised at what you experience. I'm going to read a few more passages, and then then I'll pray for you, and we'll close. Uh, you know, this is just a little bit different than I usually do on Take Him With You, but I really, again, I think it's really important that we hear the words of Christ. This is Matthew chapter 6. Here's Jesus says, Be especially careful when you're trying to be good so that you don't make a performance out of it. It might be good theater, but the God who made you won't be applauding. When you do something special for someone else, don't call attention to yourself. You've seen them in action, I'm sure. Play actors, I call them. Treating prayer meeting and street corner alike as a stage. Acting compassionate as long as someone's watching. Playing the crowds. They get applause, true, but that's all they get. When you help someone out, don't think about how it looks. Just do it. Quiet and unobtrusively. That is the way your God, who conceived you in love, working behind the scenes, 
helps you out. Oh man, is that just not amazing or what? What a fantastic section of scripture there about not being religious but having a relationship and not doing good because you get seen by men, but doing good because it's the right thing to do. This is really interesting too because I've seen this so many times in my lifetime. Jesus says, And when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for stardom. Do you think God sits in a box seat? Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God, and you'll begin to sense His grace. I cannot describe to you, well, I'll try, but but I've been involved in churches. Uh, specifically, there was this one church that I was involved with that um, we'd go up there for conferences and stuff, and they were just fantastic at giving a show. I mean, there'd be crowds of people there, you know, filling up this big building, and, and they had TV cameras and flashy stuff and fancy instruments, and the, the place was just rocking, you know. And then uh, they basically had superstar pastors, you know. They would get up and they'd, boy, they'd preach it, you know, and they'd just go for it, and they'd brag about themselves and how much money they had and the offerings they had and how much faith they had, and they would do all this stuff, and boy, they could pray, oh, God, you know, and they'd bellow it out, and they'd do all their different stuff. And they, but people would applaud them and honor them and throw their money at them and everything. And I would sit there and think, huh, this, there's something wrong with this. And it would be just like this big production where they patted each other on the back. And I, I remember being involved in that and always thinking, you know, I was enamored by it at first because it's kind of fun and it's exciting and everything. But then it, it rings hollow. It's like, it's like, you know, Hollywood. And and there's you know there's stuff still going on. It's a big show. And here Jesus just said, you know what? Don't turn it into a theatrical production. Don't make your prayers into a show hoping for stardom. And it was so funny. We would go to some of these conferences and all the up and coming preachers would go dress up to the hilt in their nice suits and everything. And they go and they try to get on. They get there early and get on the front row to be noticed and recognized and try to brown nose and get into places that they, you know, wanted to be a position of things, you know. And it was just it's very, very sad because what happens is God gets lost in it all. It just becomes a big shiny performance I mean, you can watch tv and you can see some of the christian television and you can you can uh you probably have all seen it and it's really really sad and i love how jesus said do you think god sits in a box seat do you think he's entertained by all these people doing their flowery prayers and their fancy you know productions is do you think he's impressed with that you know the bottom line is god sees the heart and i really love it when when he recommends, Jesus himself recommends to us to find a quiet place so we won't be tempted to put on a show, be simple and honest as we can manage, and the focus then begins to shift from, from us to God. And then you'll sense his grace. And I can attest to this because I've, I've done both. I've been, I was a pastor of a church, and I remember... Uh, I tried I, very, very hard the last few months of 
the time that I was preaching on a regular basis to not put on a show. I remember the day that it was a Thanksgiving and I had a uh, service and I had a, a great speech plan, a great sermon plan. And I'll never forget when I, I went to go get up and I felt God speak inside of me, not audibly or anything, but I felt like I needed to take a stool up on the stage and not use a pulpit, but use a music stand and sit down and just share my heart with people and do not perform. I remember hearing very strongly, don't put on a show, just be genuine and real. And I did. And from that point on, from that November all the way through until I resigned, I tried to be the most authentic and genuine person I possibly could be. The same way I am today when I go take the prayer requests that you that you email in and I, I put them on a list and I drive my car and I don't go to a big place to pray. I just drive up somewhere on, in a park or overlooking the waterfront and I just get out those prayer requests and I just begin to pray and nobody gets to hear it except God. And I don't have to put on a show for anybody. I can just be me. And that's when I really feel the presence of God. And I think it's really important for us to think about that. God isn't in the big show, folks. He really isn't. And I love how Jesus says, you know what? Let the focus shift from ourselves to God, and then we'll begin to sense his grace. There is so much more that I could um, talk about when it comes to what Jesus said. But I really can recommend that we don't have enough time on this podcast to read everything Jesus said. But you could. You could go and you could read the book's out there. It's called the Bible, and you probably have one in your house. I highly recommend reading the Message Bible for just just casual reading. And then you can grab yourself like a New King James Version or a New American Standard or an NIV. Um, those are all just different um, translations and versions. And and you could read for yourself in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John and, and Acts and read who Jesus is is and what he what he said it'll change your life it really will and i'm not trying to be shove this down your throat i'm just saying we really have no right to say well i don't like these christian people and i don't like this and that and how do we know if we haven't read ourselves how do we really know the material if we've never actually read it ourselves now i've read a few things of what jesus has said you got to hear almost two whole chapters of scripture today out of the bible why not Pick up a Bible or get online and go and read it or listen to it yourself. I highly, highly recommend that. Can't recommend it enough. You know, when you're out jogging or biking or walking or or you're doing your housework or you're, or you're headed on your commute, why not put on the Bible? It's not that expensive to buy it on iTunes. You know, put it on your iPod. Listen to what it has to say. Sure, there's some boring parts. There's boring parts in all sorts of books. But I recommend highly listening to what Jesus had to say. I think it's really important that we get to know him. And it really will start to to open up your heart to the things that maybe God wants for your life. Okay, I've yakked on and on. Time for me to stop yakking. Um, I'd love to play a song for you that I think you'd really enjoy. This is a song by the David Crowder Band. And the first time I heard it, I just cried like a baby. And I want you to listen and see what you experience after what we talked about. It's called Obsession. What can I do with my obsession? 
with the things I cannot see. Is a madness in my being? Is it the wind that moves the trees? Sometimes you're further than the moon. Sometimes you're closer than my skin. And you surround me like a winter fog. You've come and burned me with a kiss. Cold. 
Well, let me pray for you, please. Father, I thank you for each and every person that is listening right now to the podcast. And I'm just so thankful that we are able to have a book that we can read that has your words in it. And Jesus, I'm so grateful that you were honest and you were real and you were genuine. I'm so grateful that you weren't religious and that you... You, you speak things to our heart, Lord, in a way that nobody else can, and I want to thank you for that. God, would you make your Bible come true to us as we read it, as we look at it for ourselves? Would you just kind of spark our heart and speak to our soul? We really want to know you more, and uh, make it real to us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, there you go. I, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. A little different than the other ones, but I think it, it's relevant, and I, I hope you'll learn something, and especially I hope that you will yourself go and read for yourself some of the things that Jesus said, because, I, like again I say, it's always better from the horse's mouth, you know, when you can hear it yourself and look at it yourself. I think that's really, really important. Jesus' words are so personal and they, they have a depth to them. They cut through all of our preconceived notions and theories, and they just get right down to the heart of the matter. And I think that is way cool. Well, uh, next week I am going to uh, have a special Valentine's Day program since it's released on the 14th. I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, it's called When the Love Comes Down, and uh, I think you'll, you'll enjoy it quite a bit. So you have to tune in for that or download that next week. It's going to be really, really fun. And uh, we'll, we'll have all sorts of cool things and a special little thing. Amy and I are going to be talking about love and, uh, you know, what it means to uh, give 110% to each other. So should be a good podcast. I think you'll enjoy it quite a bit. All right. Thanks so much for joining me. Please, by all means, let us know what you think. Email me, rick at takehimwithyou.com. It's rick at takehimwithyou.com. Visit our website. I've got the show notes there and all sorts of goodies. Check out my Stargazer CD and all the fun stuff that goes along with that. And Plus, uh, you know, always doing some cool things like on Facebook and Twitter. So uh, go over there and check out the links and you can be part of that. That would be so much fun. We love our community of folks that uh, listen to the podcast. We really are thankful for all those that have given and that give to keep it coming to you every week. And we appreciate that so much. So thank you so much. Write to us, please. Rick at TakeHimWithYou.com. 
TakeHimWithYou.com is a production of Moyer Multimedia, LLC. Copyright 2010. All rights reserved. It's the question that drives us. Treks in Sci-Fi Podcast. Stand by to receive our transmission. Sci-Fi Entertainment News and Commentary. I am Locutus of Borg. Star Trek Episode Analysis. Captain of the USS Enterprise. Pokey religions and ancient weapons. Collectibles, toy, and prop reviews. I am to misbehave. The weekly Treks in Sci-Fi podcast with your host Rico at treksinsci-fi.com. Good evening, everybody. When you aren't listening to Take In With You with the multi-talented Mr. Moyer, then I'd be honoured if you could take a few minutes to check out my little show, Happy Times. If you have an iPod Touch or an iPhone, and if you love your applications but are feeling the pinch of the current economic climate, then this is the podcast for you. Each week I'll review a free or cheap application and spend a few minutes gassing on about why I like it or not. Buying apps over the air can be both addictive and expensive, so why not spend a few minutes a week listening to Appy Times, and I'll try to separate the wheat from the chaff. Just go to appytimes.podbean.com or search the iTunes store for Appy Times. That's A-P-P-Y-T-I-M-E-S. So come and share the Appy Times with me. Thank you. Hi, this is Kenny. And this is Jenny. We're the hosts of Knights of the Guild, the official fan podcast for the award-winning web series, The Guild. We're not like your typical fan podcasts. Both Jenny and I have worked on several seasons of The Guild and take our listeners behind the scenes to share our fun and crazy times on set. We also have exclusive interviews with cast, crew, and fans of The Guild. We keep you up to date on General Guild news and the latest happenings of our cast and crew. So please give us a listen on iTunes or at knightsoftheguild.com. This is Jeff from Champ Podcast. After you finish listening to this excellent podcast, I invite you to come listen to ours. My co-host Jason and myself cover open-wheel auto racing, focusing on Formula One and IndyCar. Each podcast we review the races, we talk about drivers and teams, and all the news and rumors as well. So come give us a go. We can be found at www.champpodcast.com, that's with one P, or in iTunes, search Champ Podcast. Champ Podcast, the world's fastest podcast.
Hello, my name is Meds. And I'm Kelly. And we are the presenters of Waffle On Podcast. Now, once you've finished listening to the brilliant Taking With You podcast... What in the wide world of sports is that? It's a podcast that's spiritual, but not religious, and all about Rick's geeky life. What? Does he like geeky TV? Indeed he does. What? Like TV we like from 1960 to 1999? Indeed, and that's why he listens to us. That's what we're about. We do British TV broadcast between 1960 to 1999. So come and find us. You can find us at Podbean, just type in Waffle On Podcast or iTunes. We'd be honoured if you'd join us. Thank you. He is starting to quote Star Wars, Yay. and and he does it in character. Like he quoted Luke Skywalker recently when my uh, SUV broke down in the Target parking lot, oh, no. and it was such a pain in the rear to fix it. And David had to have it towed because I mean he's a pretty good mechanic, but he couldn't fix this problem not Aww. in the parking lot. So, but later on our way home, we were just so exhausted. It was like nine o'clock at night, and we're on our way home after him crawling around under this SUV in the parking lot and getting his nice business clothes was all oily and everything. He still retained the humor enough to turn to me halfway home and say, Uncle Owen, this R2 unit has a bad motivator. And I said, uh, hey, what are you trying to push on me? You know, you just earned your geek cred right there That's by a little quoting bit of Star Wars. Cred. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> he just laughed. What would have been really funny is if while he was working on it, you should have been like, would it help if I got out and pushed? <laughs> <laughs> I could have, but at that moment, probably not a good idea. Not a good idea. I'm Jen. And I'm Angela. And when you're not listening to this glorious podcast, we would love to have you listen to ours, the Anomaly Podcast. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. Here's my latest uh, crazy parody to the Star Trek The Next Generations episode, The Most Toys. You'll get a kick out of this. See you later. See you next week. God bless you. Have a great time. Data to Enterprise. Go ahead, Mr. Data. This will be the last trip, sir. The remaining pieces of hydronium are now being loaded. Acknowledged. Mr. Wolf, advise Beta Agni to put our departure is imminent. Aye, sir. The Enterprise is coming here There's not a lot of time Trisionite is causing fear It's a thought in our minds We're glad you have Hytridium It's volatile and rare And I don't mind you coming here You got here just in time Loading is complete. I am now proceeding with departure. Enterprise Shuttle Bay 2, prepare for docking. Level 1 precautions for incoming material remain in effect. If you'll just acknowledge this last load, Commander. And I don't mind your shuttlecraft. The cargo data gets. But on the final trip back, it appears he blows to bits. Yeah. We can't believe our eyes just now Our sensor readings on just how The mystery just deepens here He just follows just in time I guess you had what we needed On 
Transport, Commander. 